Hey, what's up, guys? This is just another uh, mini podcast episode. Uh, we'll come back out with full interview episodes uh, in the next few weeks or so. Uh, but I wanted to kind of get in the habit of posting something uh, regularly. So yesterday, uh, a friend of mine was in the office, and he was looking at our whiteboard. And the biggest thing on our whiteboard um, with a big box around it, it says, you don't sell drills, you sell holes, um, which is based off of a, a, a fairly common uh, saying or theory in the business world, uh, which is that your customers don't want quarter-inch drill bits, they want quarter-inch holes, right? Y- your customer wants what your product does, not the product itself. Uh, so my buddy asked me about this and um, kind of asked where it came from, and so it just sparked a discussion about this, and uh, I wanted to put it down on the podcast uh, because it's really it's really what has created – uh, both of my companies, both Siphon and Darcy, are really based on this principle. Uh, and so I wanted to talk about kind of where, where it came from and, and how I got into it. It come, For me, anyways, it came from uh, Clayton Christensen, uh, who teaches business at Harvard. Uh, and he's r- written various books that are all great. Uh, the Innovator's Dilemma is probably one of his uh, biggest ones. But one of his newer ones that came out a few years ago, uh, which... which uh, really talks about this this theory um it's called competing against luck and he talks about what he calls the jobs to be done theory uh which is essentially based on that same premise that uh that customers hire your product to do a job uh, they don't buy the product itself and, and he talks about where this came from um some years ago mcdonald's hired him uh for a consulting project uh, and, and they asked him to increase uh, milkshake sales and he talked about how McDonald's obviously has a lot of resources. They have a lot of um, great, sophisticated marketers working for them. Um, and I guess what they had done in the past was they, uh, through a bunch of different data, they they identified uh, the demographics of somebody who purchases a milkshake. They knew who these people were. And so the, what they do is they'd get a bunch of these people, hundreds of them, you know, throughout the years, and they'd get them together and have them try various different milkshakes. And then they'd ask them about them to get feedback, ask them what could be improved on it uh, and, and, and so forth. And so they would then uh, marginally increase the quality or change things about the milkshake to better suit the liking of these people who buy a lot of milkshakes from them. And, and he said that it never had any effect on sales whatsoever, uh, which is probably why they hired Clayton Christensen to come in and figure out why. And so he he focused less on the demographics of the people buying milkshakes and more on their behavior. And this is where he came up with this jobs to be done theory. Uh, he had uh, an associate sit there at a McDonald's and watch for 18 hours or something like that. Uh, all Everybody who bought milkshakes. Um, and what they found out was that uh, about 50% of the milkshake sales came in uh, early in the morning, like between 6 and 7 a.m. And so they thought that was kind of strange. So the next day they uh, they watched again, and, and again, 50% of the sales came from early in the morning. And so they actually stopped some of these people who bought uh, milkshakes and asked them uh, questions about why they bought the milkshake, essentially what job they hired the milkshake to do. And what they found out was that these people were uh, were commuting. They had long commutes to work and that they bought the milkshake because it takes a while to eat. 
And so it keeps them occupied on their long drive. It keeps them awake, but then also it fills them up. So, you know, when the 9, 10 a.m. Uh, uh, hunger pains start, they've got something in their stomach. And so, and so they're, they're good to last until lunch. So knowing this about, about what they hired the product to do, uh, Clayton Christensen talks about how uh, the realization came in that their competitors in this particular instance were not Burger King and Wendy's. It was, it was bananas and bagels and donuts and other things that these people would buy or bring with them on their commute to eat to keep them occupied. So at the end of this project, after verifying that this wasn't just you know a, a one-time thing for one particular McDonald's, but it was a constant thing throughout the nation, uh, they made some changes. They recommended that the milkshakes be thicker, so that way it takes longer to eat them as they're as they're um, commuting to work, which gives them something to do for a longer amount of time as they are commuting. Uh, he, he recommended that they add fruit uh, to it, not to make it healthier, because again, they're not hiring the milkshake to be healthy. They're hiring it to occupy their time. So the fruit added some uh, some variance to the mundane morning routine. Uh, and then fast checkout line um, with the milkshake machine at the front of the store. So people that were coming in just to get a milkshake could quickly get one and leave uh, without having to, to wait in line for it. So McDonald's did all these things. And sure enough, their sales increased by four times, uh, essentially overnight, which is just an insane increase. And Clayton Christensen talks about how it's really easy for business owners and business people to assume that the market that they are in is a product. So for example, in this case, that the milkshake market is much larger than all the milkshakes that McDonald's and Wendy's and Burger King sells but it's actually partially inclusive of the banana industry and the donut industry and the coffee industry, right? Because those are other things that these people uh, hire to do that, that job in the morning. This is, these are other products that people buy for that same purpose. And it's just interesting to me that most of us as business owners, we really easily get caught in that idea that our industry is product or a service that, that that we offer and not so much why it is that our customers are, are buying these things from us. And so I regularly have this conversation with all of my clients. Our, our initial consultation always starts with, if you don't sell drills, you sell holes. What do you sell uh, as a business? If, if, if it is a job that people are hiring to be done, what is that job? And it's it's rare that I have that conversation with business owners and they have an answer right out of the gate. It, most of the time, it seems like anyways, that this is the first time they've really, they've really thought about that. And I, I empathize with that. Owning two businesses myself, it's really easy to get caught up in. How do we sell more of these things? How do we sell more of these products, these services? Right? It, it, I get it. It makes sense. Um, but every time that I have been stuck in trying to grow a company, whether it's one of my own or one of my clients, nine out of 10 times coming back to the idea of what is the job that our customers are hiring our product to do is the thing that gets us out of that rut. It's the, it's the catalyst to growth more often than not. 
Um, so I just want to get that down in the podcast. If you are trying to grow, uh, I always recommend starting there, starting with figuring out what is the job that your customers are hiring you to do.